the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we're back at the time, 613, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Enjoyed my exchange with Elora. Call anytime you want to, young lady. Two lines open, one 888 Two lines are open. If you want to join our topic and discussion on finishing well, whether that is... Uh, the closing out of our life uh, in its finality around a memorial service that makes sure that the Lord Jesus Christ is really, truly exalted and lifted up, uh, particularly if you're a believer. And um, uh, whatever transitions in life we're making, if it, uh, if it means we're, we're, we're going to finish our, a career on a job or a college um, education or even relationships, uh, finishing well is the mark of valuing growth, valuing maturity, valuing witness, uh, and valuing testimony. Uh, if God graces you and I to know that someone's watching us who can be very much affected by who we are and what we're doing, then certainly we want to make sure that we finish well. Let me go to line number two and talk with Nelson in Redwood City. Nelson, are you there? Fine. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right, then. My melancholy temperance hasn't caused me to throw anyone off the Golden Gate Bridge yet. So. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, throw anyone or yourself off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that because that happens too. We were, <laughs> my friend who visited there, he was talking about all. He showed me a YouTube video of all the people who have done that. Somebody put a camera on there. Right. Um, but um, so, how do you want to chime my, in on our topic? Wow. You know, I was so, I was kind of upset with Serena, and she was wrong the way she broke her tennis. And but after I looked at these videos of these men cursing out the umpire, I tell you, if I was in the stand, I would have went on the court and probably tried to knock those players out, yelling, cursing at the referee like that. I mean, Andy Murray in 2016 at the Cincinnati Masters Open, um, he kicked the ball. At the at, at the um, umpire's head, uh-huh. um, Jimmy Connors repeatedly calling um, the umpire an abortion. Right <laughs> in 2009, right. Um, Roger Frederick Kurt at the U.S. Open's men's final curses multiple times at the chair umpire and tells him, "Don't f word talk to me." Right, um, and you know, don't so so talk to me and don't tell me to be quiet okay when i want to talk i'll talk and he was only fine 1500 that was at a final uh andrea gassi um u.s open agassi he called agassi he was a dope um, head yeah he was a dope head too yeah he called wayne mccullen the umpire what trump called the black right. nfl player right right uh, right right uh, um, John, I don't even have to mention what John McEnroe, but Andy Roddick, um, he, um, repeated, he, uh, Roddick, um, at the U.S. Open in 2010, repeatedly ridiculed the lineswoman who called the fault, even though replays showed 
he did cross the line. Despite this, Roddy began to swear multiple times and question the. Now you know you're getting ready to get in trouble in terms of, of of a logic argument. You know that, right? You know you're setting yourself up here. Well, well I, I'm not even saying anything. You have I'm just said a ton of stuff. Anything. You just said a ton of stuff. So no, I, I, I'm so glad to know you're still in the land of living because I ain't. I haven't heard from you in so long. I'm but, simply but saying you have just you I'm have. Just, yeah, you have brought out. I, I, I was I was mad as three, but when I heard all this cursing at the umpire, it's like, come on, you can't talk to the umpire like that. I mean, you you might say that's stupid. That that was a stupid call. You might get mad, but just cursing at the umpire and kicking the ball at their heads, and and, and one player's wife slapped the umpire twice in the face. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. And that black tennis player. That, that black male tennis player threw his racket and, and it ended up hitting the, one of the ball girls and hurt her. Right. Now, let me ask you a question. After all of that straw man building, logically now, because you're a logical man. No, I, I, I'd, say, I'd say she's still wrong. I'm not Okay, saying, well, there we, go. there we go. There we go. Okay, good. Because, see, here, here, if, if one were tracking with you and there are lots of people listening, Nelson, going, oh, oh, okay, if they get to do it, then shouldn't I also get a chance to do it? No. You don't. She didn't, uh, curse, she didn't curse them up. But, think, but she didn't. It's I not a matter of whether or not. It's, it's, it's not a matter that's, of. That's, that's it's not. It's not. Is not that's not even in the rule book. That's our general consensus of of crossing a line into you know uh, derogatory ad hominems. But she had used a derogatory ad hominem towards him. She provoked him. She pushed him. She did say threatening things to him. You are a liar and you are a thief. That she didn't cuss. Never didn't work does, at my matches again. Huh. And you'll never work at right. So my point, my my, my point is, as I was stating with my 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 dear friend Alora, is that there is this uncanny thing that occurs as we're getting older, and 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 particularly this is true with people who are more accomplished. There is this kind of privilege, uh, and Serena has not. This has not been the first time that she's acted out, uh, and then even when she's acted out before, she's found a way to make it the the consequent of something else other than a lack of self control. And it doesn't matter what what whose side is what in the matter of how people behave. And I think you would agree with this. If I am behaving in a way that constitutes self-destruction to me on my own body, on my own person, uh, at the end of the day, if I destroy myself, it really doesn't matter how many elements played a role in my destruction. I am really responsible for my destruction. And what I'm saying to Serena, and I think you would agree, is that um, notwithstanding all the elements that came up against her, that what I saw her struggling with was the fact that she's an older woman. 37 is not 27. I'm just, we all know that. The young girl was really comfortably beating her, comfortably beating her, and that had its own pressure even before Serena had the uh, engagement with the referee. Um, she, 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 you can clearly see that she was getting frustrated, not even catching up with the balls. Of course she's out of shape. Of course she just had a baby. But see, if, if I were coaching her from the sidelines about how to be the queen on the top of the hill, I would have simply said, remember, you will live to fight another day if you can't overcome this. But dig deep down in yourself like you've done before 
Be very quiet, self-contemplative, go to the sideline, take a little while to think about it, think about how to recover, and if you can if you can if you can bring it up, do it. But but Nelson, she lost to this same Naomi Osaka just a little while ago. I know I've been following her. I, I like Asian culture. And, I love Asian um, culture. I love it because um, would you agree with me on this? And I talked about this to my sons and my my own my own grandkids are Asian and black. And I love this part about them. It's not this is a general statement. They're not all this way. You know that. But particularly the Japanese because she's Japanese and black. There is a temperament with that culture. Uh, in many ways, uh, because of their own larger eclectic um, social history, where uh, many of them have that very humble, almost subservient disposition. Would you agree? Yep. I lived in Japan for a year. I went to San Diego Japanese Christians Church for a long time. Right. Now, now with that being the case, think about that connection with her being uh, as athletically gifted as she is being African-American. Not to say that our Japanese brothers and sisters don't get down. They do. But when you combine uh, a female and she's as tall as Serena, if not taller, if you looked at how they stood by each other on the platform, I said, whoa, I didn't know that. This young lady is going to be a powerhouse. But if she maintains the kind of attitude she has, she's going to win with levels of dignity that the whole world universally knows is what makes you a winner from beginning to end. Um, and I am just trusting that that uh, that Naomi is going to be a great model for women's tennis in the area of character. She may never, ever, 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 ever do what Serena has done. That's that may be very well the case. Um, and Serena will have nothing taken away from her in terms of her, her her accomplishments and goals. What I am worried about with all of us, and that's why we have two lines open, one 888 is the uncanny ability for us not to finish well when we get older, that we have to be a bit more careful, that our priorities have to change, that we have to live in the reality that we are not what we were 20 years ago, and that we have to modify and adjust if we're going to um, finish with a kind of dignity that can be a, a blessing uh, of a dowry passed down to the next generation. Does that make sense? I agree, and, I, and, I got, and I'm making a decision right now today. I'm looking, do I want to spend these 10 days I have off of vacation going to Thebes, visit my uncle, yeah. then going to, to um, Dallas to go to Thanksgiving, then go to Kansas City to visit the Spurgeon Museum and the American Jazz Museum, and then coming back or spend these 10 days really doing exactly what you're saying, examine myself, maybe six of the 10 days fasting yeah. and praying and, and mm. really reflecting mm. um, my views and where I'm at and, and how I'm, I'm going to live the rest of my life. And, wow. And I got good news from the doctors. My proteins are steady. I was, I told you I was exposed to all that bad water at Camp Lejeune. Right. But, but my, but I'm not, you know, the, the myeloma is dormant. So it's slumber myeloma. I don't have myeloma, any symptoms. So, it's dormant. I, you know, I could live to be 80, yep. 100 years old if yep. possible. Yep. Yep. Um, so, um, Thankful for that. But, um, I, I've got to make that decision um, because you, you do want to finish well. I, I will say with the John McCain thing, I didn't, I didn't get to see that funeral because I was real busy, but I watched almost whole nine hours. And Jasper Williams is the same. He's been, I've watched, I listened to his old sermons 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and listen to him. And he's the same way. You know, there, there's not 
you know, he doesn't preach like a John MacArthur where, you, you know, you you can um, – it's it, it's um, line up online preacher. You know, that's the way the old-fashioned preachers – No, I got that. it. I, 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 I don't like that type of preaching. Right. Well, it's not preaching per se. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I yeah. hate to step on people's feet, but the charisma is not about taking political issues and ranting here and there. And I know that, you know, we've been steeped as the black church in a lot of politics and the need to actually address the injustices in that area, et cetera, are, are very important. I don't take that away from any of the historically renowned African-American preachers of any denomination. That 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 that, that being said, gospel preaching is 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 not, you know, talking about politics and then at the end of it, making Jesus black or making Jesus, you know, ethnocentric. That's not that's not gospel preaching. Um, what Jasper Williams did, in my opinion, was just simply take a platform that was completely uh, star studded and should have been given an opportunity to let all the other politicians and 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 and, and, and show people do what they do because they came with a bunch of weird stuff too if you watched it uh, and and do what uh, a minister is called to do uh, rejoice in this woman's life and then call men and women to realize that life is worth living but it can only have eternal merit when we come to know the person and work of Jesus Christ where are funeral services and memorial services have gone awry is that it's purely horizontal today. It's very sad that we think that we can tell God to um, bless us, but not give him props for, um, for, 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 for the um, inestimable work of redeeming the soul, which should be mentioned, especially at the time where everybody's at the river Jordan, watching people cross over. And we know that we're going to be next. It's a sad case scenario when the, the main person of life is absent from the context of death and nobody says anything about it. I discussed this with my pastor in San Francisco before at an OPC church or the Presbyterian church. And I discussed this with my aunt. Uh, both probably are right. One said, the pastor said that yeah, to some degree, you're going to, if this person said, you're going to mention the gospel in some way. But my aunt said, that's not the type of place to, and I understand what she said. I, I wouldn't do it to give a George Whitfield type of invitation, I guess. She's wrong. She's wrong. Uh, she's wrong. Uh, uh, she is absolutely wrong. Uh, and, and she wouldn't have any Bible to support her. But secondly, preaching the gospel. Well, the Bible uh, mentioned Florida, the, the funerals. I don't think the Bible really ta- tells you what to say at funerals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got uh, Hold on. I, I got to wrap it up with you. But I wish I, I I'd love to expand further on the most appropriate place for the preaching of the gospel is when the living and the dead come together. There is no doubt about that. There is absolutely no doubt about it being the most appropriate place to preach it. If we're not calling sinners to repentance and faith at the funeral parlor. As Solomon said in in Ecclesiastes 7, better is the house of mourning than the house of mirth. Because in the house of mourning, at least we are considering eternity. 
Um, and the house of mirth, unfortunately, today is the church house where all we're doing is mirth every week, mirth, mirth, mirth. Um, but but when we're preaching the gospel, my dear brother, and all of you who are listening, and I got to let you go because I'm overdue, is that we're not proselytizing. That's Judaism. That's works religion. We're not calling men and women to be conformed to our image or follow our religion or join our church or be part of our denomination or hold to our doctrinal tenets. The gospel is a exclusively universal message coming from heaven itself and is apply it applies to all men more urgently than any other message in the world and uh every time the lord uh, is my witness that I have an opportunity to preach the gospel I I do and it has never ever had um from God's uh, from God's mercies and the spirit of God upon my conscience, uh, a, a conflicting uh, outcome that Jesse, you shouldn't have preached the gospel. These people are hurting. They're sad. They're they're um, they're 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 in pain. They're mourning. You shouldn't have called men and women to ask the question. If you die today, where will you go? You shouldn't have you shouldn't have said God has made a way in the person of Jesus Christ, and He is the only way, truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father but by Him. You shouldn't have said that. No. You got to say it. Bless you, I my agree. brother. Bless you. Bless you. I got to take a break. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So now you know. Don't ask me if you don't want Christ preached. Don't ask me. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time six thirty two on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got two lines open. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. If you want to join our topic and discussion, if you've been listening, uh, we're talking about finishing well. We're talking about the appropriateness of gospel preaching, right gospel preaching at funeral services and memorials, and um, how not to stumble as we come to the close of our careers and our lives, as so many of uh, people we know in our lives have done, and especially those in the limelight like Serena Williams and Michael Jordan and and several others who uh, just uh, need to be very careful on how to finish. That way uh, we don't have to deal with that particular, uh, you know, blight that will occur. It's going to happen for some, but if you and I can think through what will make um, my legacy, and we all have one, I don't care who you are, um, of most benefit to people when I leave. Our lives, ladies and gentlemen, are filled with controversies. You're going to have protagonists. You're going to have antagonists. You're going to have people who don't like you just because you breathe. Notwithstanding all that, you can live a life where you are intentional about dignity and character and productivity and fruitfulness um, and, and the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit uh, to the degree that, that you cooperate with God and him nurturing and cultivating those things in your life and be as positive and impact on other people's lives as you possibly can. There's a very dangerous line that older people have to watch out for, and that is cynicism, becoming critical, or a kind of uh, narcissism that, that fundamentally uh, does not care about how you finish. And we kind of have a privileged notion that because I'm old, I can say what I want to and 
do what I want to and be what I want to. And you guys know that we have relatives often that are just pricks and, and thorns because they have not grown more gentle and kind and, and gracious and thoughtful as we should. Let me go to line number four and talk with Renee. Renee from Nevada. Renee, thank you for your patience. What is your question or comment or contribution to our topic today? Good evening, Pastor Jesse. Hello. I wanted to say hello, and uh, yeah, for me, finishing well was, um, you know, after 20 years uh, after the Lord saved me. Yeah. It's been... um, it's been a real challenge pro- progressing in the faith okay understanding okay that um that is part of our journey is uh getting to that like like in the pilgrim's progress you know you get to that end up to that crossing that river so to speak and yes and on this understanding that there's still that wall um that, that wall could be your own pride yeah, or yeah. my own arrogance yeah yeah um yeah. That yeah. will, like you were saying, be- becoming cynical mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in the aspect of religion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, or mm-hmm. just being prideful in in my position, right, right. Uh, is is a, is a dangerous place to 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 put my foot into. I think so, and I I think that that applies to us all, uh, Renee. That if we do recognize that we are no longer carrying the card of the youthful person. Uh, and I'm fast moving past that that category that I need to own the fact that as a uh, you know moving into a, a senior state that that needs to be born with with certain uh, with, with certain qualities in mind relative to you know our convictions our opinions our ideas and things of that nature you, you I, as a mature person moving into those seasonal years before we. Um, Crossover, you actually already have been crowned by God with um with with years, and that has enough experience inherent in it that if you woke up every day intentionally committed to doing good, you already have the gravitas there to do it. But I, I I'm not there yet, like as your age are is. Uh, Renee, and so you can speak a little bit to it uh, more um, yeah. acutely relative to the tension that goes on within when you are older, how hard it is to be optimistic, how hard it is to be objective, and how hard it is to remember other people around you really are looking at you on a much more oh, yeah. attitudinal level. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, I guess a lot of uh, people in the limelight sports uh, characters, you know, that are always in the in the in the public uh, arena. Yeah, um, have to um, deal with with that. But you know, for me, even though I am not, thank God for that, uh, by His grace, right? I understand that it's still the legacy that I have to leave. Uh, finishing well would have to be for me. Is have I? Um, uh, sincerely and honestly um, lived as Christ would want me to live, mm. and um, and uh, proclaim Him, not be not be ashamed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or um, ashamed of Christ mm-hmm. and His and His uh, life, death, and resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, like you said, people get offended, but Christ Himself says, uh, you know, I I can't remember exactly where in the in the Gospel it is, but He said. The, the disciples were were saying to Jesus, "Oh, they, they 
the people around you, what you said, offended them. Yeah. And basically, he said, well, so. Yep. He, he said, blessed yeah. is he that is not offended in me. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that, for me, finishing well would be just to um, leave a legacy where I would be remembered that, you know, he believed and loved God. Amen. Amen. You well, know, that kind of thing. So, right. So, I, oh, also, I wanted just to give you a quick update. On I want to know. I want to know. I was about to say that. Will you please let me know how how the missus yeah. is doing? She, thank God, the trans, the bone marrow transplant is taking place. She was uh, her her sister, one of her sisters, was the donor, and um, the uh, the blood counts. Everything is by God's grace just progressing very well. That sounds so good. Now, let me ask you, is she at home or is she still dealing with having to be in hospital and being observed and all that? Uh, no, she came home about 15 days ago. Oh, good, good. Um, and so, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the caretaker, so I do what needs to be done here for her, mm-hmm. take her to the clinic and do all the other things necessary to, uh, because she has to be uh, somewhat isolated, not to go in crowds at all. Absolutely, a hundred days. Absolutely, uh, after the transplant. So, because the immune system is compromised, and so on and so forth. It's like a, it's like a newborn baby now. No, I got it. The new immune system. So I got it. So that's the process that we're going through right now. And I just uh, thank God and praise God for the uh, the wisdom that He's given men to be able to. to you know, study all this and and come up with the medications and the processes to be able to heal, you know, heal uh, a, a large percentage of people that go through this. God has been very gracious to the human race in that regard. You're in our prayers. Um, you, you, your, your, your labors will not go unnoticed. My brother, don't, don't ever know. Don't ever forget that. That's one of the oh, uh, no. acts God, of I wisdom. Thank God for that. That's right. You know, and he's, and, he, and, you know, and the other, the other topic was also, <clears throat> In the past four or five funerals that I've attended, sadly, there's no Christ. I know. Even in even within the the two funerals at a Catholic church, you know, you know the history of the yeah, Catholic church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, it's just uh, it's based on works. Yeah. Even though the person that one of the persons that died was very, you know, was my mother-in-law, and uh, I basically try to ask her about Christ. You know, well, who is he? So on and so forth. You know, oh. I don't need Christ, you know. Right. It's just, you know, my right. church, my church, my church. Right. And right. the sad part is that within this um, ceremony, as they call it, uh, oh yeah, no, she's fine. God, you know, Christ yep. is looking on yep. her, and you know, yep. she's yep. she's in heaven now. And so it just it just made me cry. Yep. To to hear um, the false the the, the the deceitfulness yep. that is that is taught through that. Unfortunately, so. it's happening in almost all denominations across oh, yes, the board. Yes, and that, so, that so grievous. Listen, thank you for the call. I got to take a hard break and I'm glad that we are experiencing positive uh, results with your wife. And please say hello to your mom for me, brother. Will do. Thank you, Pastor. All right, blessings. All right, let me see here. I've got LaVon, Deborah, and Lynn. I'm going to take a break. And that way, when I come back, I can deal with you three as we close out this Monday edition of Lifeline. I will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back the time, 646 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number one and talk about talk with LaVon in San Francisco. LaVon, what's your thoughts, questions, or comments on our topic today? 
it's just an observation, you know, that we must um, decide whose side we're going to be on, how we conduct ourselves in Christ, whether we're uh, in the limelight of sports or any other situation. People are looking at us, and uh, some people are ready to uh, make uh, decisions about us in some of the most um, egregious ways, you sure. know, to find fault. Sure. And uh, we must conduct ourselves in a way that's pleasing, but also we must finish the task that God has given us unto us to do. Right. You know? Right. To have a relationship, that's uh, the most important thing, you know, not to be weary, as the Scripture would say about not being weary and well-doing, mm-hmm. and to, uh, I love how you were talking about the fruits of the Spirit, because that's exactly uh, uh, the, that's virtually everything. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. We must find ourselves to uh, finish the race and finish it well. Yeah, yeah. Not to give up, you know, just because of how we feel. We can't be moved on, on how we feel or how other people feel about us. We must do what God have us to do. I agree. I think that that can be done when we actually keep the finish line in view, as Hebrews chapter 12 puts it, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and making sure that the finish line for us is when our duties are done on the job, when our duties are done uh, in a particular assignment that God may give us, and when our duties are done in life, the one we actually have to face is the Lord Jesus. He's the one that has the, the right to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or mm-hmm. depart from me, I never knew you. Right. And so that, exactly. should, that should drive and motivate us to the kind of character and testimony that, that shows that we are um, accountable as professing Christians. And my motivation, LaVon, as I, as I get, get, get ready to let you go, and thank you for that very succinct expression, is to really get us to think about it because there is a lot of historical evidence that as we uh, wind down our missions and wind down our lives, we can get raggedy, we can get careless, we can get narcissistic, we can get self-centered, and we can fail to realize that we're a witness until our last breath. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. And unfortunately, as a pastor doing uh, funerals way too frequently, what I also notice is that people don't really care about glorifying God in the funeral. It's kind of like the marriage. Uh, marriage is a day where we celebrate you and maybe your spouse, and largely it's the woman because she gets to be dressed up in the most uh, ornate pageantry, and it's a self-centered day. We we can we can acquiesce to that, but frequently, mm-hmm. all too frequently, we acquiesce to the funeral being all about. Uh, us all about how the, the 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 people that are doing the funeral feel, and all about how we want to glorify this person, and and there should be a small merit in uh, remembering that individual. But if we're believers in Christ, Levon, it should be how are we going to do this memorial service in a way that glorifies God? We are to glorify God in our bodies, whether by life or by death. Amen. Thank you for the call, my sister. Bless you. Thank you. Yep. Bless you, Pastor. Yep. Let me go to line number uh, two and talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, what's your question, comment, or observation on what we're talking about? Jesse, can you hear me? I sure can. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I want to say this, that 
as a person that represents myself as well as other disabled people. Yeah. The way that I conduct myself will say a lot about my relationship with God and my relationship with others. Because my disability does not give me an excuse for not finishing well. Yep, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. Um, and I would say, and I think you'll affirm this, that in many cases, disability, like with Johnny Erickson Todd, I, I think you know her, right? Uh, well, I I met her a couple of times. Oh, good, I- good. And, and you know, she has learned to take her disability and really drive home a, a, a believer's attitude in suffering, knowing that one day it will all be um, restored. And that attitude in light of Christ's return or our departure to him is a critical component in our finishing well. Yes, it is. Right, 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 right. So for for me, um, whether we are, you know, allegedly healthy, because we're all, we're all dying in, in the sense that sin is the reason for all of the stuff we're going through, um, we still have to try to make the best of our situation for the glory of God. And God will give us grace to do that, won't he? Yes, he will. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. Um, are you doing okay these days? Um, no, I'm, I'm. The pain is worse. Okay. Um, and the the tension in the muscles is worse okay. in the arthritis and in the cerebral palsy. So I'm really suffering. Okay. Many nights and many days, I don't even sleep at all. Right. And um, you know, I wonder, you know. If the Lord will let me find out what what real godly sleep is before I go to be with him, because when I go to be with him, it won't matter anyway. Right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep that one in prayer, uh, the idea of real godly sleep. And I think I'm going to read this article next week, and maybe um, you'll be able to resonate fully with it. One lady who has gone through a ton of things uh, similar to you. And then I've had another sister, I think, from Washington or Oregon call in with some of the same challenges. Um, But she wrote an article, and I meant to to read it, not today, but uh, in the future, that says, I thank God for my pain only because um, with people having chronic pain like, like yourself and others, you have an opportunity of closeness with God that a lot of us don't. Because we have to. Right. Exactly. The only one we can depend on. Yep. Yep. And I want to talk about that next time. So I'm going to let you go. God bless you. And keep your ear open to our discussion on um, managing pain. I've been talking, doing a, a, a triad on health, quality living, and managing pain. And we're going to get into that. Lord willing, I'll bring that topic up next week. And maybe you can call and chime in on that and give us some of those insights that only people who are dealing with chronic pain can know. We, who, those of us who are not, we cannot know. We all know some pain, but we don't know the but ongoing. I, I, we may. I agree. I agree. If you live long enough before <laughs> Jesus returns. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Let me go to line number three and talk with Lynn in Oakland. Lynn, are you there? Hello. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Great. I have to admit, I did not get a chance to listen to the beginning of the broadcast. Okay. So what you calling I, I about? Think I, Caught enough of it. Okay. What do you? But anyway, I, I wanted to make two um, points. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dealing with the funerals. Okay. 
And uh, I, I know you guys were talking about um, Aretha Franklin's Aretha funeral, Franklin's funeral, funeral as well as John I, McCain. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be honest about it. I couldn't. I watched John McCain's. I, I didn't have my spirit wouldn't even let me really watch hers for uh-huh. some reason. Okay. I did not even want to watch it. Okay. But then when I heard everything that was going on with it and seeing online on on uh, Google, Facebook, and all that stuff. I'm so glad I didn't. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because it was horrible. They did not really honor her. Everybody was. It, it was a show. It was a production. And of course, I think because I saw one glimpse of her, I didn't want to see her body in that casket like that. Right. But they changed her clothes, and you know, and she's in entertainment, and that's okay if that's what she wanted or her family, because they said she didn't really do any of it. It, it was like she didn't have a will or anything, but. It was just something about it just creeped me out. Okay. And, and um, then when I heard the uh, the pastor, a little glimpse, uh, clips of what he was saying, it was totally, it wasn't about her at all. I mean, he was just putting his agenda out there. That was so terrible. I just wanted to say that. I, I could go on about the funeral. Like I said, I did not watch it. But when you talked about the music at John McCain, I was trying to sing those songs. Yep. Because yep. that's how I grew up. Yep, me, I, you know. I, I, I totally understand. I, no, I I was so um, I was so fascinated about. Well, I love traditional hymns. I I, I just do. And um, I do too. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, you know, this, exactly. They do it now. I, I don't know what it is. I can't. And people looking at me crazy, like, why are you not into? I can't. My spirit won't allow me. And that's the only way I could. Put well, it. you you might spirit. be you might be girl. You might be suffering from um um a generation gap like many of us, uh, and that's that's not a bad thing throughout no, history. No, but I was listening to Kirk Franklin until he went off to another level. <laughs> he, I was listening. I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm at a particular age, but. If, if if it's glorifying God, that's what I'm saying, my spirit. That's why I keep saying my well, spirit. Well, I know that. That's why I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to it. I love you, but let me put it like this, that there is a lot of good contemporary music out there, a lot of it. I happen to be a musician. My children are musicians, and within our um, worship. Well, I go to the church. I know you play the guitar and your right. children. You know, right. But what I'm saying is, I'm going to just be honest the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is not glorifying. Ah, totally. Are you kidding? Totally. But we have to so weed that's it out. what I'm saying. I don't have a problem with contemporary music. Right. Okay. It's what's coming out of it. Is right. That's what I'm saying. No, when we talk about the spirit, nah, you know, totally. my spirit, if we have the spirit of Christ, he's going to lead us into know what to listen to, what not, and all of that. I, I trust I, I trust. My spirit. Okay, I, I got you. By the spirit. I got you. And Listen, I, 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 and, and Christ. When you talk about Christ, people don't want Christ anymore. No, I, it's you're not right. About Christ. You know, you got it totally. Especially it's in not about Christ. And God just called me back. I I was baptized. I remember being baptized at five years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a grandmother, mm-hmm. and, and, and I have eight grandchildren. Okay, bless but you. But they say I still look good, so okay. Good. Roll but, with it now. Roll with it. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And so, um, uh, so. Uh, it's all right. That's all right. I'm a, listen, I'm gonna let you go on that note with your good looking See, self. I'm gonna let you. Know, I'm gonna let you go. Uh huh. That's okay. We all have that. We all have right. that. We're. Our program is ending. Bless you, Lynn. You can chat with me next time. 
Lynn with her good-looking self, her good-looking grandma. I got one at home, a good-looking grandma, too, who has uh, eight grandchildren. Actually, we're moving on 10. We got two in the oven, brother, two in the oven. We'll be up to 10 grandkids here in a moment. The Lord willing, we're praying for them. Um, There were some good moments in the Aretha Franklin funeral. I I did want to say that. There were. Objectively, I watched a lot of it. Um, It was an entertainer. So entertaining elements were going to be there. But there were some really sincere and well-spoken comments about her, including and and specifically Jesse Jackson. I could name a few more. So we are going to be redemptive about it as well. I simply say the gospel should be preached anytime the living and the dead meet at the River Jordan. It is the ideal time to let everyone know that we are to prepare to meet our God. Well, with that, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Um, Try to get out to a good gospel preaching church because that's the only way to live. And uh, the Lord bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>